0: Welcome back to the our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest Max Lieberman. Join our conversation as we discuss his Liebs and Co. company and the importance of workplace accessibility and accommodations. officially like to introduce today's guest for the our view podcast max lieberman thank you so much for joining me today max and i um, looking forward to our conversation today
1: my pleasure likewise i'm looking forward to the conversation and
0: uh helping build awareness yes so you are um, one of one of my few international guests, you are in Canada. And uh, so I'm happy to uh, have you on here today. To start off the podcast, I would like for you to introduce yourself and tell us all, who is Max Lieberman?
1: That's a good question, Art. Uh, <laughs> I was born premature, two months premature. So, it, it kind of helped with my developmental uh, growth as a, as a kid and as an adult. It affected everything. Like, I was, I was put on steroids to make sure that my lungs were developed properly and caffeine to get my heart pumping. Uh, and I had a clubbed foot when it came out, so I was an embrace. I was an to about three years old. And then um, as I Grew up, they st- people started noticing that I process things slowly, solar, and I just uh, taking the world differently than other people. So it was pretty apparent by my grade one that I had a learned disability because of not only because of my birth, but also because of just how I was interacting and how I was in- taking in information. But that didn't stop me from being who I am today. I grew, had a pretty good childhood. I became a huge hockey fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Trauma Police fan. Um, I know the Devils beat us a bunch in the playoffs when I was a kid. So uh, I'm not the I, I, I like them, but I my first memories of the playoffs is the Leafs and the Devils playing against each other and just, uh, you know, in. in really enjoying to learn like i always loved doing things and it never really my my learning disability and my and at the time i don't remember this but with i had a brace as i mentioned earlier on on my club foot i was still running around the house like a uh forrest gump my mom used to always yell run forrest run (laughs) so if people think that disability that disability limits you it doesn't you find ways and and uh I was lucky enough to have surgery, but it was it was cool to to realize that no matter who you are, you always try to find ways to learn and navigate your world.
0: Absolutely, um, I, I love what you said um, about you know the perception that people have of those who live with disabilities, and it's just you know it, it's so not true. Like we are. Were people that like to do things and like you said as, as a kid you like to run around like everybody else just you know and just and just get around and have have a lot of fun and and you enjoyed uh you know you enjoyed hockey and yes I am from New Jersey but I am more of a Flyers fan um than the Devils But um, <laughs> oh, I have the memories of the Flyers too <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do have to admit that a little bit um but uh yeah so we you know as people with disabilities we really like to do everything that everyone else likes to do and we just have to figure out a way to do it different you know you as you mentioned you had a a brace on your leg I I still wear braces on my legs um and I use crutches in a wheelchair but it's um you know, we, we really just, we have to be creative in how we do things, and, but we're still able to do things, and, uh, you know, it just really, it's just in the way that we uh, have to come up with different ideas and, and different plans of uh, how to navigate the world that is uh, sometimes inaccessible to us as, um, you know, someone who lives with a physical disability now, and you, I'm sure, um, have come up with uh, ways to get around, um, you know, the obstacles that you have faced with uh, the learning uh, disability. Can we talk sure. a little bit about um, your learning disability, your diagnosis, and when when was it that you first, when you first realized that you uh, were processing things differently, as you said? So
1: when I first realized it was in grade one, I mm-hmm. remember my teacher, I was at a private school actually at the time. And they gave us an assignment. What would you vision in your life when you're in 2020? Like, oh. it, it was like, it was like, it, it was, it was a great one. And i just saying like, where do you see yourself? Like, what would you be in 2020 or 2012? I can't remember exactly what day, but I think it was 2020 because you'd be, you'd be 28, 25 ish. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and, and I was sitting there, I was like, what do I see myself? And I remember... It took me a while to write down my thoughts. Even though I understood the question, it took me a while to, to get down my thoughts because my penmanship with dysgraphia is horrible. Like, you're asking me to take the information that's from my head and put it to the paper. I have to cipher it. It's all there, but ciphering through it's a lot slower for me. And it, then writing it out takes time because I have terrible handwriting. So it... Was difficult for me at that time, and I remember, I think we had like fifteen to twenty minutes to do the assignment. I was not even close to being done, and it was, and everyone was handing in. I was late. I got frustrated, and I was really upset. And I remember not only having all that work, but also math problems came up. You know how you do the, you know how these are the bundles of five, tens, yeah, and twos. I would get confused by that because they would they would go a very rapid pace and I was trying to keep up and I was like, okay, I got the twos down, the fives down was confusing a bit, but then I would get it down. It just took a bit longer. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it got to a point where I was just being overwhelmed with all the work and I was not maintaining an average. I thought that I should have maintained that I started cutting my hair in, in the classroom, like with the, with the kid's scissors and putting the desk, I was overstressed and, other things at home wasn't the best either so it just was a mixture of a combination that's the point that I got I I I walked out of the class and went went to SK went back to senior kindergarten for the for the year and really uh got myself distressed and was more prepared for the for the next year when I went back to grade one
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um so you you mentioned did you say dysgraphia is that how you pronounce it yeah can you, um, can you explain what
1: that is a little bit? So this is the is when, when you have like a, a brain processing disorder, taking your ideas and putting it to paper and, mm-hmm. and, uh, being sure to have it organized. And for me, it was always difficult. I have my ideas up here. And this is what I struggled with in university too. Mm-hmm. Like it, we're out, and I still struggle with daily, is taking my ideas and putting them in the paper. I can talk with you and have a conversation, easy conversation with you, no problem, because it's just taking my ideas and, and talking them out. For me to put the paper, it's the process of organizing and writing them, not only writing them in a clear concise way and professional way, but also ensuring that the grammar is correct really tough for me even though i think i'm really strong with uh with language i might be strong a bit verbally but written i sound like i'm talking to you like it's like a it's a you know a grade nine student talking with a a, 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 a colleague mm-hmm. or a student so i've always had to had people edit and make sure sh- edit my papers make sure that the grammar is on on point if you see any Typical grammar errors for me it would be the, the three theirs or the or the twos.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: That's a, that's a tell sign because I would make the con- confusion and it would sound right in my head, but I wouldn't catch it because I either went too fast or whatever it may be, and it just became it, it's a it's a huge telltale tell sign that I'm that's one of the things I struggled with, and also this cl- clilia, Is math word problems, problem solving. It's one of those, one of the hardest things I I have had difficulty with, especially word problems. If you give me a word problem and you write it down and ask me to uh, fix it, like to solve it, I would ask you multiple questions, repeat the question, not only repeat the question, but just to break it down even a third, because I don't understand. And that's probably one of the reasons why with, with being in the workplace, when I get a lot of problem solving tasks, when they would ask me, I would ask questions to sort of clarify, because Uh I would not, I wanna make sure I'm doing it properly, but not only that, I also wanna make sure that I got all the information.
0: Yeah. And that is, um, that's actually a a good um, segue into the next question, which uh, you created your own company. Uh, It's called Leibs and Co., (laughs) which I love. uh, I love that that name. It was really uh, really catchy. And um, can you talk about what your inspiration was behind creating the company? Um, You know, and you you mentioned the workplace. So I know that that's part of um, you know the reason why uh, you created the company because of the lack of accessibility and the lack of accommodations you were receiving. Uh, But could you talk about that a little bit more and and why you created the company and what it actually, uh, what it actually is? Yeah, for sure.
1: not a problem. Uh, The reason why I started the company is there was two two major events that shaped my life. Uh, In 2016, after I graduated university with a sport management degree, I went to my parents and then we're just chatting and they both said, okay, we want to give you a present because you, you got honors in, in sport management. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I recently went on an exchange. So I said, hey, do you mind if I go to Europe again and see some of my friends? So yeah, not a problem. So I'm lucky that my parents were kind enough to give me that present. And I traveled to three uh, countries in the span of a month and came home. I went to uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, France, and I went to Madagascar. Nice, so, Yeah, it, it was a <laughs> life-changing experience, obviously. And I saw a friend of mine in Amsterdam. Then I saw my friend in Paris, uh, more, more so Nancy, because I was in Paris for like 20 minutes. Took the <laughs> train out. But after a few days there, I went to Madagascar to see my friend. And I remember, going there to help volunteer to teach kids to play soccer and donate uh, soccer shoes but it turned out that when I arrived that there was it wasn't an opportunity there and I was just visiting and I was asking my friend what should I do because I'm here for two weeks no one go no one would if you want to go to Africa you gotta you gotta spend most of your trip in Africa right right because Europe is easier to get to and it just made more sense. He, we were coming up with ideas and his roommate, uh, Matilda, uh, said to me, her students want to learn English. And I was like, okay, perfect, I'll do that. My grandfather was a teacher. He helped me learn French and helped with my math a lot too. And he was very, very influential in my life. He he was part of the reason why I was doing well in in uh, school actually, and then after he passed, I, I had a bit of a stumble back down because I he was kind of the that guiding figure in my life that helped me stay on track and encourage me with a lot of the education. So when I decided to do this, I felt like it would be a way, good way to honor my grandfather and see how. It, Teaching would be like so i could remember creating a lesson plan a basic like hi Hawaii. and i just remember teaching uh the madagascar kids from from like six to about 13 years old english and they were so gr- grateful for it it's they were they were eager to learn and that eagerness really and really impacted me because it showed that everyone wants to learn and and it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your disability. It doesn't matter your capabilities. It just matters your desire. And you and you saw it with them. You saw it with these kids. They had the desire, and especially being in a country that isn't well off and everyone is struggling financially, mm-hmm. but they're happy for what they have. And that's what really impacted me. So when I came back, I wanted to teach. Unfortunately, I didn't. I did not have the degree, so I would have to go back to school. And I wasn't ready. I was really burnt out from school. So I, I want. So I continued working in the workforce, and then my time in the workforce had to start realizing. And even before I went to Madagascar, I was never really properly accommodated, as mentioned. So. I never knew anything about accommodations and the requirements of the law. At the time, I just thought if you ask for accommodations, if the person says no, you're just not going to get them. I thought that's what I thought about the business. I thought businesses were the only um, exception, and schools where, where it's like your learning disability affected you the only. I didn't think about socially or business or in the workplace. When I, like I mentioned, as I did ask for accommodations, I didn't f- think it was a mandate that they had to. I was rejected a bunch, so I was always finding ways for myself to succeed without feeling like a burden. If that makes sense, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was working for a company one time, and I asked, "Can I get give me a checklist?" And they said, "Um, "No, that's gonna be too much work. You can take notes with paper and pen." And I was about to say, "Well, in school, they don't give that to me because they know I can't," but I tried to, and he said, "Well, this is the only thing we can offer." So it's kind of limiting moreover to get to the 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 main point is in 2019 when i came back to from living in europe which which i did a bunch of traveling during the 2016 to 2019 period I, i i got a job working as a customer service rep at a company in toronto and i didn't disclose right when i got during my interview two weeks in i got threatened to be, got brought into my, my boss's, uh, office and he threatened to fire me until I told him, listen, I have learned disabilities. Cause he was saying, you asked me questions, you're annoying all this stuff. And he, he, you know, was like shocked that I didn't, he asked why didn't I disclose. And he said, you know, it's 2019. Everyone has a learning disability kind of really, uh, Kind of making sure making it seem like it's not a big deal to some people when it really is because it's our personal choice to disclose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he kind of made me feel like not a, a person in that sense because he, he asked me, Do you have a plan? And that's one of the things that, of course, I have a plan. If you ask anyone who has a disability, they understand. Mm-hmm. Their limitations and they know what they need. And that kind of eff- really offended me and hurt me because I finally started realizing that anywhere I've been going to and asking for accommodations, I wasn't accommodated. The f- so that's what really inspired me to start Leaps & Co. because I wasn't, I was really accommodated. And I'll tell you flat out, the only time I was accommodated was actually in Europe when I was working and interning in Paris, France. And it wasn't on purpose. They knew I had learned learning disability, but they had a platform. I don't know if you heard of Asana.
0: No, I haven't.
1: So Asana is like a task delegating service that you can use for the entire company. And it just shows your tasks broken down, breakdowns for everyone. And you can break tasks into smaller steps. So for me, that was perfect. I didn't have to memorize anything. I didn't have to ask for clarification for everything. I just knew that it was right there in front of me. I knew what I needed to do. and It was easy. So... For me, it was just eye opening that I wasn't given anything in where where I was living, where I'm from in Toronto, but I was given something in in France, completely by completely because not by mistake or by chance, but because a company incorporated something to make them um, make their life easier.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, it, it's really great. Where I think it goes back to what you said about um. You know about people with disabilities and our way of uh, being creative and being in- inventive. And it's like you had a need that wasn't being met in, uh, you know, in-, in the workforce world. And you know, so you wanted to do something to to help that and to you know help other people who have uh, learning disabilities. And uh, it's it's just so great that that you have created this uh, this company. And one thing that I, I went to your website and I loved your uh, the logo of the brain that has the um, the four pillars of uh, of your company, which are awareness, education, inclusion, and integrity. Can you talk about why those um, why those four pillars are so important to you and your uh, and your company?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I was. Thinking of this, a lot of, you know how people when they start a company, and I'm sure you, you were the same, you have you have your own personal morals and they put their personal morals into the company because it's a representation of you. That's 100% with Leaps & Co. But also our, at, we have a team, we have a have a few contractors, a part of our team who help come up with them as well. And I was thinking to myself when I first started, how do I teach? How do I, how do you, the breaking down the, the idea of teaching and I said the first thing you obviously have to do is build awareness to, to, to let someone there there's a problem there's something that and that something needs to be fixed and most importantly uh, if people don't know how can they fix it so you just have to bring it to bring the topic of awareness of let's say it's disability bring it to aware to people's minds so they know that there's a problem there mm-hmm. then you got to go to educate and you guys, this. Is where you, you they learn more and they, they learn strategies, and you teach them how to they can incorporate to make a more inclusive workplace. You know, make sure everyone is um, included and be able to be inclusive, not only included but inclusive for everybody, and um, to ensure that you know everyone has a fair opportunity, no matter the differences. Inclusion to us was very important as well because. You will see when you go to some websites and not only some, not only some websites, but just in general, not everyone has the same abilities. And for example, you go to a website and most of them, you only can, it's for reading only and you read it. And there's some YouTube videos and there's all that jazz, but is there, you know, a read out loud for the, for the, for the word information on your webpage? Most companies don't have that. And that's what we started realizing that for everyone to be able to learn, they need to be able to be included. So inclusion was very important because everyone wants that opportunity. Everyone wants that chance to learn. Cause it reminds me of a big Spider-Man thing where like, you know, how they said knowledge is power and it comes with great responsibility. It's, this, it's the same thing. That's, and that's why inclusion is so important because it's our responsibility to include everyone in learning so that they are able to use the knowledge they have to make the world a better place. And finally, integrity. This is one of the things that I was brought up on by my parents and it, it just, it really has always been a core to who I am. Uh, it's just being honest and truthful and sticking to your word because it, it just, there's, you don't have a lot of things and like people say, oh, you know, you, you write agreement and that's, that's a contract. You could break a contract, but it was, it's always been something said to me. I think it might be just how the old way of thinking because, because how people thought, but when you said something and you stick to your word, it means something. And that's what I've always um, valued because it shows that you're committed and loyal to people when you do something that you say you're going to do.
0: Absolutely. I I love all of those. Um, you know, as I as I mentioned for myself, with our view, my uh, you know, my pillars would be the educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. And um, you know, so it, it is the the awareness, like you have to make people aware that there is an issue that exists and then once you make them aware you have to educate them about it and how they can be a part of creating a solution because everybody has everybody has something in them that they can contribute to uh you know these a lot of the issues that face people who have disabilities whether they be uh physical disabilities um a mental health diagnosis or a learning disability or you know other disabilities that are invisible that uh you know people can't see um, you know, with the the naked eye, and I, I think for me, as far as the physical disabilities go, I love um, you know I love talking to to kids, to children and students because you never know what that child who hears you hears me speaking. I, I never know what they might grow up to be, and you know, if they grow up to build buildings, they might, you know, remember my conversation that I had with them and say like, oh, this needs an accessible entrance. Oh, it needs a ramp. Uh, You know, it needs an elevator or or something for people who have mobility disabilities that can't climb steps. Or, um, you know, or or for your case, I might be talking to a child who, you know, or, you know, you might be talking to uh, someone who remembers your uh, learning disability diagnosis and says, hey, I want to make sure that my workplace and my website and and everything that we do for the company I work for is inclusive of everybody and helps, um, you know, helps provide opportunities for everybody to learn and, uh, you know, to work for a certain company. So I think the work that, uh, you know, we shared earlier, the work that we're, that we're both doing, that so many people are doing to raise awareness and educate about different disabilities is so needed. And, uh, and the fact that there's room for everybody to, to help out and participate, I think is a, um, you know, it's a really good and important uh, point to stress and to, uh, to mention for sure.
1: We're just getting started, obviously. Like we started in June, 2020. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we haven't even launched yet we are doing our we will our the, the path looks like they would be off would be up by early march just because we're waiting on a few things um to complete the program it's all been written but it's it's more that we just have we have a de- we have a delay with uh animation and, and that's just you know it takes time it mm-hmm. takes time when you have, when you have people who Um, are working in, that's part of life, you have to, you have to make sure everything's ready to go before, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, uh, to wrap up the conversation, I, I like to end with, um, you know, my guests, their final thoughts, and I always ask uh, some form of this, of this question, which is, what is the most common misconception about your diagnosis, or um, or just people with disabilities in general that you have uh, noticed. I'm a hard worker, and we, I, I just it's
1: ingrained with who I am because of everything I've gone through. I don't know if this is very common for everyone else from their experience, but I would always go from being like in a position where, you know like opinions being respected and stuff, but being, then being pushed to more of the back of doing manual labor work, not using my brain, not using, uh, you know, my knowledge that I've gained from working for, you know, X amount of years. And it just get, gets frustrating because it's like, okay, they have a learning disability. And the, the assumption is that, okay, they can't do this because of this, of X, for example, but they really get why. So we're just gonna keep them in why and they're gonna get really good at why. And I just feel like a lot of people get frustrated and cause they know that they're capable of more it just not having the opportunity because it might not be the right accommodations. The, the employer might not understand accommodations. Even people who have a disability might not even ha- uh, have the courage to, to be an advocate for themselves. And I just feel like it, it has to come from both ways that both sides has to come together because that's how you make the, that's how you ultimately make the change when you, it's when everyone comes together to change uh, how things are viewed.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think the important thing that you said is to, um, you know, treat everybody as an individual, just to uh, you know, get to know you as who, you know, who you are, who is max and what are your strengths and not just make assumptions about, um, oh, because you may have this, uh, learning disability that you process things differently that you're not capable of. Like you said, you're not capable of using your brain and figuring things out if they were to just provide the right accommodations for you, which, you know, as you mentioned, the, um, you know, a checklist or uh, something that uh, the program that you used over in Europe, just to uh, make it easier for you, and not just push you aside and give you some other type of, uh, you know, manual labor job because they, you know, they hear learning disability and they think that you're not capable of doing uh, certain things. And um, you know, it, it's that's so important just to to get to know the individual person and not to group everybody together in um, you Know one big clump of oh, they're they have this, they have X, so they can't do it, and uh, you know, they have to be forced into doing something else. So, that's a really great, um, uh, really great point to to mention and to um, to again bring awareness to that type of thing because it, that that is what happens. It happens with me with um, with having a physical disability, people think that you know, in some cases that my brain doesn't, um, you know, that, that I'm not able to speak for myself, that my, you know, I'm not able to, to do certain things or, uh, to do certain tasks that require, um, you know, talking. And I've had people that come up to me and they'll talk to somebody else who's next to me. And, and it's just, it's so crazy that people think that way, (laughs) but it, um, it, it really happens. (laughs) And it's, hurtful too because it's like it is um, you're right here like you're right in,
1: you're, you're right there like just ask me I'm, I'm I can advocate for myself you just gotta talk to me and not ask that other person which is it's it's I it's sad sometimes it, it really is like we come so far and yet there's always some small things that remind us about that's still there
0: getting to know people's strengths, I think, and just uh, learning about them and what they are capable of doing is a very, very important thing for people to understand for sure. Grateful for your time today. And I appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to talk with me and to share your story. And uh, if you could, just before we wrap up, can you tell people where they can uh, find you on social media or any other um, projects or anything you want to, uh, talk about and, and people can find where people can find you. Um,
1: yeah, not a problem. You can find us on our website at www.liebs, L I E B S and A N D co.com. You can find us on our Instagram handle at Liebs and co. And, uh, you can also check out our company profile at Liebs and co on LinkedIn and Facebook, you get all your latest up-to-date information there. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are launching soon, our, our module five program module. And, uh, it goes from teaching you about what a a disability is all the way to strategies in the workplace. We hope then the future that that, uh, we can educate as many companies and people as we can possible and just make the world a better place.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, Max. I am um, very grateful to have met you through uh, Clubhouse. I look forward to um, sharing more conversations in the different rooms there uh, with you, and uh, thank you for the work that you're doing to um, educate and raise awareness about disabilities uh, there in Canada and around the world. So I really, um, very grateful and appreciate your time today and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: <laughs> likewise,
0: thanks for having me.
1: I really enjoyed coming on to your podcast. Keep doing the great work you're doing it because it's going change to people's, change people's lives.
0: Oh, thank you so much and uh, I enjoyed this conversation and I will uh, definitely be in touch with you. Sounds good. Likewise, likewise. All right, have a good day. <laughs> you too, Art. Right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. Leave us a review wherever you listen and let us know what you liked about this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you listen to this episode on your phone, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and be sure to tag us. We thank you for listening and take care. (laughs)